What's going on, guys? Welcome back to One Stop Shop. Let's get right into this episode. What's good, guys? It's Monday. It's a new week. Let's get after it. All right. So last night, the Knicks got after it. They had a really big lead at one point in the game, and they almost blew it, but they didn't. They got a four-point victory last night. They beat the Timberwolves 103-99. to Another solid performance out of Julius Randle last night, 25 points. 14 rebounds, 13 of which were defensive rebounds, and four assists last night. So hopefully Julius Randle can get to the All-Star game for the first time in his career. He really deserves it this year. He's been grinding his ass off, and he deserves to be an All-Star. R.J. Barrett had 21 points last night, four rebounds, one assist, one steal, and a block. Alfred Payton, 11 points. Seven assists and a rebound. Nerlens Noel, 10 points, nine rebounds, two blocks. And Alec Burks contributed off of the bench with 13 points, six rebounds. Another solid game for him. And Emmanuel quickly played nine minutes last night in limited minutes. Obviously, they don't want to burn him out too much. So he only had five points. Last night. And on the other side, Carl Anthony Towns. He had 27 points, 15 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks. Anthony Edwards, 12 points, 3 for 6 from 3. 3 rebounds, 4 assists. Ricky Rubio had 18 points, 6 assists, 1 steal. And it was a pretty good game. The Knicks obviously took a pretty early lead. They had a 12-point lead after the first quarter. And then the Timberwolves kind of fought back a little bit, and it became a little bit closer of a game going into the second half. And then the Knicks basically were getting a little cold in the fourth quarter, but they were able to have a little bit of success, and we're able to get the win. We needed that win after losing the previous game. And obviously we had a little winning streak going, so it's going to get back to the winning ways, and we're nearly 500 on the season. So that's good to see. And last night after the game, Minnesota fired their head coach, Ryan Saunders, and – It was probably time for them to find someone new. And obviously Tom Thibodeau was the head coach there previously. So the Timberwolves are 7-24. and 24. Not the uh, year that they're expecting to uh, have, but they're getting a new head coach, and the Knicks were <laughs> one of the factors to uh, finalize that. So that's pretty funny. Another crazy game that happened last night was the Nets against the Clippers. Another four-point victory by the Nets. Kevin Durant was out last night. And the Nets got their sixth win in a row, fifth in a row on the road. And they're continuing to route every single 
team and top contenders in the Western Conference. So they're really proving themselves right now, and especially without having KD on the floor. Kyrie and James Harden and Joe Harris have been playing very well together. Definitely shooting the ball a lot better. James Harden last night was four for nine from three-point range. He had 11 rebounds, seven assists, two steals. James Harden got put on a list last night for, I believe, 35-point games in his career or something like that. He's a scoring machine. We've obviously known this for a really long time now. But he's really something to watch, you know, and especially getting to watch these games every single night. And that's her insane to watch. Kyrie had 28 points last night. Eight assists, four rebounds, one steal. Joe Harris, 13 points, three for eight for three-point range. Two assists, two rebounds. DeAndre Jordan had a pretty good game, 13 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, four blocks. For the Clippers, Kawhi had 29 points last night, was five for nine from three-point range. He had 13 rebounds, three assists, one steal. Paul George had a really good game last night, 34 points, four for nine from three. Six rebounds, seven assists, one steal, two blocks. Zubak had 13 points. He was six for seven from the field. Eight rebounds, one assist. And, yeah. The Nets continued to really prove themselves, especially on the road. And that's obviously one of the main factors for a team getting to the next step in becoming one of the powerhouses in the league. And... Being able to take out the Lakers and the Clippers on a road trip, back-to-back games, like, the Nets are no one to be messing around with at this point. So, looking forward to seeing how the Nets do from here on out. And at this point, you got to respect the Nets as being a title contender. And now they're only half game behind Philadelphia. And obviously, Philadelphia is going to have a lot of pressure on them because the Nets are obviously a more talented team, and they had a couple losses at the beginning of the season that didn't really help their case with their record. So they've been playing a lot better. As I said, they've won six in a row. And, yeah, their next game is tomorrow night against the Kings in Brooklyn. So looking forward to seeing that. The Celtics had a really intense game last night against Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans. It ended in overtime, and the Celtics had a 24-point lead at one point in the game. And, yeah, it was a really back-and-forth game. The Celtics had... Big lead, like I mentioned, at halftime. So they were outscored in the second half completely. 
And in overtime, Brandon Ingram was able to uh, put the game away with a really clutch three-pointer with about 33 seconds left on the clock. And the Pelicans were able to hold on and beat the Celtics. Jason Tatum had a really solid game last night, 32 points. He was 10 for 24 from the field, though. And nine rebounds, two assists, two steals for Jason Tatum last night. Jalen Brown had a solid game, 25 points, nine assists, six rebounds. Kemba, 14 points. Not the best night shooting for Kemba. One for 12 from three-point range. And he had one steal, four assists, one rebound. And that was definitely one of the main reasons why Celtics probably didn't hold on to their lead last night. It was because like they were shooting. They were not making too many shots last night. And it was definitely a bad night from three-point range. And, yeah. Last night they shot 10 for 37 from three. That's 27% shooting. Not great. And from the field, they only shot 39.8%. So that's not really that good either. So they move on from here. The Celtics are 500. And they face the Mavericks tomorrow night on TNT primetime game at 7.30. Obviously, that's going to be a pretty highly anticipated game. The Mavericks have had their struggles this season. They're 13-15. And obviously, they have a lot of upside with Luka Doncic and Kristaps. But they need to get going, too. And Luka Doncic isn't probably going to want to stay in Dallas for the long-term future if he's on a team that doesn't have a chance at competing for a title. So you got to put that into consideration. There was some news the other day that the Knicks might be going after Bradley Beal with the help of Leon Rose in our front office. Obviously, he's a super agent and has a lot of ties to a lot of the premier players in the NBA. So if the Knicks could get a player of that caliber, that would honestly just like put things into a different level for the Knicks. Obviously, with the combination of Derrick Rose and Emmanuel Quickly and a bunch of other young talent around them, the Knicks could be a force if they keep on playing together and playing for each other like how they should be. And obviously, they're a young team and they're going to make mistakes, but they've been playing fairly well and a lot better than last year at this point in the season. So looking forward to seeing how the Mets progress. The Mets. The Knicks. (laughs) I got baseball on my mind because spring training started yesterday, I think. And the Mets are obviously on my mind. This is going to be a big season for the Mets. And obviously with the – 
addition of Francisco Lindor, a superstar that we've desperately needed, is going to hopefully produce the numbers that we are really hoping for. And the Mets have a lot of good potential. Obviously, our pitching, we added a couple of pitchers. Uh, Daquan Walker. And uh, Carrasco among Jacob DeGrom. So the Mets should be hopefully Taiwan Walker. Sorry about that. From the Blue Jays and the Mets, obviously waiting on Noah Syndergaard to get back into the rotation. They placed him on a 60-day um, IL. So hopefully he's progressing and we could get Syndergaard back before, I guess, halfway through the season. And we'll have to see about that. But obviously, coming off of Tommy John surgery, he's going to have some time off and needing to uh, rehab. So one of the coolest things that I've seen in a while happen over the weekend, and it was the NHL outdoor games. And the Colorado Avalanche took on the Las Vegas Knights on Saturday. And it initially was starting very early in the day. And Lake Tahoe is in Nevada. So, like, obviously, uh, there was a lot of sun. And they had to delay the game (laughs) until midnight to finish it because the ice was actually melting. But, honestly, it was one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen for a hockey game. Obviously, they've done the Winter Classic before. But this was literally so much different. It was literally just like right beside Lake Tahoe with mountains, with snow on it. It was just like a crazy scene. And good on the NHL for making the best out of the situation that they're under. So that was really cool to see. And the Avalanche picked up the victory late into the night, but they ended up finishing the game. And then they pushed the Bruins-Flyers game so that they wouldn't have those issues. And the Bruins won 7-3 to yesterday. David Pasternak had a hat-trick, so that's pretty cool for an outdoor game. And, yeah, it would be interesting to see how they try to move forward with these outdoor games, especially without fans. And, yeah, maybe uh, have it at another scenic location to have a hockey game. It was honestly really cool to see on TV. It made for a lot of cool shots on TV and the broadcast. And especially the Bruins game started a little bit earlier. So they had the uh, 
crazy backdrop of the mountains and like sunset and shit. So like that was pretty sick. So So today Kith released a three t-shirt collection for their new store that just opened up in Paris, France. I picked up the Navy t-shirt and hopefully I could get my hands on the Air Force ones that they're releasing fairly soon. They usually release the t-shirt as the first thing as a basically like a precursor to like what could come for a certain collection. So like they've already teased that these air forces are supposed to be coming out and they're themed to be like the Paris flag and they have a bunch of Kith checkered logos on them. They're pretty sick. And hopefully I could get my hands on them being that I was supposedly in the Nike Kith loyalty program so i guess i'll have to keep my eyes open for that like how i got them for the new york air forces for the next drop so if i could get my hands on another pair of kith air forces i would be hyped and yeah another shoe that's releasing next week is the supreme nike dunks they're releasing in four different colors like a maroon color a light green neon color there's a blue and a black colorway and these are a very highly anticipated item if you want to get them beyond supreme at 11 o'clock and good luck because these are going to be heavily bodied and we hate that and we hope that supreme could grow past bots but there's no growing really past it it's basically inevitable that something will make them sell out before you even have a chance to get them. So if you want them 11 a.m. next Thursday, March 4th on Supreme Nike Dunks. And they're pretty cool. They, they got like some stars on them, reminiscent of some old Supreme Dunks. And yeah, obviously I'm going to go for a pair. I don't know which color exactly yet. Probably the green because like it was like the craziest looking color. But maybe like the black pair because it would be more subtle and would be able to rock it more often. So that's that. So this past weekend, we had UFC fight night and it was Curtis Blades taking on Derek Lewis in the main event. And Derek Lewis basically sent Curtis Blades into another dimension with this knockout. He basically caught him when he was trying to take him down and caught him with an uppercut and just flatlined him. So Curtis Blades was the number two ranked heavyweight at that point. And now Derek Lewis definitely leapfrogged him. And basically he says that he wants to take on John Jones at heavyweight, and that would be some fight. Obviously, John Jones has not fought at heavyweight yet, so like for that to be one of his first fights in a new division, that would be honestly a crazy fight. Derek Lewis has the most knockouts 
in UFC heavyweight history now. And he's been around for a really long time, and he's one of the GOATs and was able to take out Curtis Blades in the second round. So another fight that happened was a boxing match this past weekend on ESPN, and Oscar Valdez beat Miguel Burchelt to win the WBC Junior Lightweight Championship. And he had one of the most vicious knockouts that I have seen in quite some time. He knocked the hell off of Miguel Burchell's head. And he was on the ground for a few minutes and it did not look good. And he was like knocked unconscious. And it was honestly a very scary scene. You never hope to see someone have uh, damage like that after sporting event, but obviously boxing and MMA is one of the more violent sports that exist. Obviously, it's hand-to-hand combat, and it's bound to happen, but it was a clean shot right to his jaw, and he is also trained by Eddie Reynoso, who trains Canelo Alvarez, Ryan Garcia, uh, Oscar Valdez, another champion under Eddie Reynoso. So... That's freaking amazing. He's one of the top trainers in all of boxing. So, yeah. It was a good night of fights. And then we got another UFC card coming up this weekend. And that is headlined by Rosenstruck and he's the number three contender in the UFC at the moment in the heavyweight division. And he's taking on Gan, who uh is proven himself to be one of the top prospects in the UFC heavyweight division. And yeah. It's a pretty good fight card. And yeah, that's February 27th. And Jarzino Rosenstruck is one of the Tougher competitors, obviously, he got knocked the hell out by Francis Ngannou in his last fight, so that's a big one. And, uh, yeah. A bunch of fights next weekend. Pedro Munoz versus Jimmy Rivera. Alex Caceres versus Kevin Kroom. Alex Caceres hasn't fought in a while, and he's 17 12. He's been around for a while. And yeah.
So there was a very impressive victory in the West fight night. Tom Aspinall was able to take out uh, Andre Orlovsky. And basically, he got him by a rear naked choke, and that's one of the hardest ways to basically pick up a victory. It's very rare in UFC. It's not, like, too common. So, that was pretty crazy to see. And he was a very big underdog, and basically was like 30 to 1 to win, basically. He was a heavy underdog. So he basically just took him down, and he didn't really even put up a fight, basically, when he got him. He kind of just tapped immediately, and... Andre Orlovsky has been around for a long time. He's one of the veterans of the sport. He's 30 and 20 in his career. That's fucking 50 fights overall in his career. And he's 19 and 14 in the UFC. So he's been around for a really long time. And he got taken out by some young blood in Tom Aspinall, who's 10 and 2 and 3 and 0 in the UFC. So he was able to make quite an impression. And, yeah, he's definitely a heavyweight contender as well. So, pretty crazy to see a veteran just go down like that. But, obviously, in MMA, when you get older, you get slower. So, obviously, you're going to get outworked by someone that's younger than you. But today it's just a rainy day and just looking forward to some good weather. Hopefully in the near future, hopefully I could get to a game in a couple weeks. I need to go get COVID tested in order to do that though. So I'll basically try to decide they're allowing fans at the garden starting tomorrow, which is fucking really cool. And that's definitely a major step in the right direction. And obviously, I am a diehard sports fan. And it really sucks not to be able to be able to go to a game. And I kind of want to see the Nets play. So maybe I'll try to plan it out to see the Nets play the Knicks or something like that. So like, that would be pretty crazy. So kill two birds with one stone see both New York teams play. But other than that, this has been an episode of One Stop Shop. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace out.